Amen. So I remember, uh, and some of you have heard this, uh, some of this story before, but uh, I didn't grow up in the church. And I, but one of the ways I came into the church was through my Young Life leader at the time. Young Life is kind of like a youth group for high school students, except for it's not associated with the church. It's a parachurch organization. And so ultimately, it's a way to introduce youth in fun ways to the Christian message and to get them involved in a church. And it was a lot of fun. I mean, I just remember we would go there and someone would have a pie in the face and someone would be getting totally messy and we'd have games and all sorts of entertainment. They had camp and the camps had like wakeboarding and parasailing, all these things. It was just spectacular. But did you know that none of those things helped me believe in Jesus more? right? None of those things actually did anything to change my faith. What changed my faith and my perspective from not growing up into the church to growing up in the church was my young life leader and my cross-country meets. That every single cross-country meet, when it was at home, I could remember a voice of my young life leader standing there cheering me on saying, go, Brian, go, Brian. It wasn't my mom, my dad, because you know, as a high school student, your mom's voice rings louder than everyone's in the entire, you know, whether you're swimming or basketball, whatever you're doing, mom's voice just goes there. And so you kind of like hide a little bit with mom's voice and dad's voice, dad's there, right? You know, and, but it's the others there. It's your coaches. It's the other adults that are there with consistency, on a regular basis that communicate something different. Because as a child of, of a family that, you know, didn't split and we just had a, hel- a relatively healthy family dynamics, you relied on your parents to be there on a regular basis. But you didn't necessarily expect someone else, especially an adult, to care enough to be there consistently. And, and I say all of this because think about that, some of those people in your life that have been consistent in their love on you, that have shown up on a regular basis. And, and I ask you that question because I would imagine that some of the times in which you have felt most comforted in your faith, grown in your faith, consoled during times of crisis have not been in those ecstatic moments of excitement and joy, but in the steadfast love that someone offered you in times of need or just regular times. We are in the midst of a sermon series called uh, The World is My Parish. It's a phrase that John Wesley, who began this movement, the United Methodist movement, he had for himself because he believed that he was called to be the good news throughout all the land, not just in the buildings that he was assigned to as an Anglican priest. And so he would find himself out on the cobblestone walls, talking to the textile workers and the farmers. He'd go to prisons. He'd visit people in the hospitals and be God's love there. And so he said that I am not bound to the people that show up on Sunday morning, but instead to the community to which I am called. And of course, you all live in the communities. You are my parish, and the community around is my parish. The challenge, though, goes further than to pastors. In fact, each one of us in the baptismal waters is called to live out this journey called discipleship. 
And we've talked about it over and over again, and we have said that you might not feel like you are able, worthy, a good leader, I don't know, whatever it is, but don't worry, you stand in a long lineage of biblical characters that did not feel equipped and ready to embody God's love in the world. But you're called to do so. And so you all embody God's love in your everyday lives. And we've been talking about that call, and and last week we talked about the importance of relationships. But this week, we wanted, I want to talk about the importance of consistency. Consistency. I, I remember that uh, as a new person, new family to this side of Kailua, one of the ways in which we met friends at the beginning of this time, I mean, granted, I have Insta community here at church, but, you know, outside of the context of church, one of the ways in which our family met friends is because our family loves the water. And so, day, like uh, multiple times a week, we would walk, some of you know, I live down by the intermediate school, and we walked to the Banyan Tree Access Point, and we would go and hang out, probably almost every other day between the, like, five, you know, time right before dinner, five to 5.30 time, just for a little bit of time. But we met some of our friends that we've had over the past three years there at the beach because we showed up regularly there. We weren't intending to like do this to make friends, but it just happened to be so that another family lived right around the block and then another family lived down the road a little bit and then another family just liked to go to that beach access on a regular basis and they just sort of kind of got the idea that, hey, if we go to the beach access, we're going to run into Brian, Ashley, and the kids. And then we started hanging out and we had community in that place. The lesson from the book of Acts this morning talks about numbers growing in faith, right? And it has the ecstatic moment that miracles were done. We think of the book of Acts as the Pentecost moment. Everything is exciting. Well, I want to argue just for a minute that the power of the early church was not in those moments of ecstatic miracles, but in the consistency of them gathering around the table. That the power of the early church was in the consistency of them gathering around the table. And in fact, if you think about that for a moment, isn't consistency and showing up on a regular basis so important that it can trump mistakes that we make? Right? I mean, my young life leader was not perfect by any regards. He made mistakes. I'm sure there was plenty of youth groups that he ended that young life meeting and he thought to himself, boy, that was just a flop, right? It didn't go well, his speak didn't go well, the music wasn't good, like all these things about it. But that, again, wasn't what was important. It was that he showed up on a regular basis. The disciples showed up together, and they ate together, and they invited others to gather with them. I guarantee you, based on all knowledge that we had of their knowledge of Jesus and what he talked about, they did not have expert-level teaching of the Gospels, of Jesus, or of the Old Testament. But they were given the power and authority, and they gathered with a sense of consistency. And there's something about that regular rhythm in our lives that invites people into it, unlike other opportunities. Right? I know a few weeks ago I said, hey, you should go in a new path and a new trajectory to learn your community, and I I still stand by that. But 
there's something about the people that go regularly to the same place year after year, week after week, and the owners of the shop know them, some of the people that gather at the restaurant know them, the people that check you out at the grocery store learn, learn you by name. And there's a, a power of intimacy there to communicate love in a way that someone who's a stranger cannot. And I know you all know this way more than me because most of you have lived in Hawaii longer than I have. And most of you think that many of us, especially those of us who have been here in, you know, even 10 years or less are, you know, not quite local yet. You know, we haven't quite figured out all the rhythms of the community. But that's the sort of power that I want to talk about. But the thing, though, is is that we as a Christian community are always opening our doors. Opening our doors to those around us. And you, as your call to go out and be the love of Christ in the world, are called to gather people and gather new people around your table. Because one of the flaws of this word consistency, which I think many of us think that, you know, we can acknowledge the importance of it, one of the flaws is, is that it must say the same, right? That if you are consistent, you will do the same thing and it will look the same way. That is not what I think it means by consistency. And I don't think that the early church did that at all. They changed, they were on the run and they were doing different things, but they gathered consistency consistently. And so we can fall into the, the mistake of thinking that just because I go to dinner on Friday night with the same couple for the past 20 years, my life is consistent. But we're continuing to what? Remember that the world is my parish. And God is calling us beyond the walls of our church, beyond the walls of our immediate ohana, to be the love of God to people that perhaps are isolated and lonely and feeling like they need community. And right now, within the context of our global pandemic, this is more than ever true for people, right? People are lonely and people are isolated. But here are some steps with consistency. I, uh, you know, fall into the temptation like many parents of young children and, you know, people that are enthusiastic about what they do of looking at my week and putting as many different things in it as possible. I remember, especially when I moved to Island, I, I was used to kind of the pace of a college town in North Carolina and I would go from uh, meeting to meeting to meeting and I'd have a one hour segment here, a 30 hour segment here and a 45 minute segment there and, and my day would be like kind of and I came to East Oahu and I started with a similar schedule. I was like, oh, I'm going to meet with these people and come to find out that I could not get away from a dinner table after two hours. It just wasn't possible. About Something about being here and the pace, like you would just go to a lunch with someone and you would learn, I would get anxious. I'd be looking at my watch and be like, I have another meeting in 15 minutes and we've been here for 45. But it's this length, right? of this community. We talk story together. And I know for some of you, you're like, Brian, you still don't slow down. I mean, but all, y'all, this is me slow, okay? I, I've slowed down in my time in Hawaii, and I've learned that 
you have to be present. So here's my thing. I fall into temptation, many parents do, of kids uh, with young kids, but many people in life do, especially now as we're beginning to be able to do more things in the community. And that's to pack our schedules so full that we're doing all sorts of things, all sorts of new things, all sorts of different things, all sorts of things. We want to do all the stuff. If you want to be consistent love in someone's life, you got to pare down your schedule a little bit. If you want to be consistent to show up on a regular basis, there will always be something that in the back of your mind will be like, oh, but that the new Van Gogh show in town is just, I, I got to go to it. Or, oh, this, this is going to happen and I got to get there. And that will pull you away from an opportunity to be consistent if you're not able to say no to some things. There's a, a church leader out of the uh, Church of England. His name is Mike Breen, and he started a movement called Three Dimensional Ministries. And again, like I said, he had these new, they call missional communities, and they had this amazing rock band, which people in England hadn't seen before, and had all these things that were reaching new people, but it wasn't in the glitz and glamour of the things that they were doing. You want to know what he says he attributes his, uh, the growth of his church to? Happy hour. Friday nights. He would have happy hour every single Friday night from three to six. And he says, it was there at that happy hour when I could invite any of my neighbors, whoever to, and just say to them, hey, we have happy hour every Friday. Come join us. Come have a cocktail, come have a soda water, whatever you want. Just join us on Friday. Our family's going to be there. We do it every week. And sometimes they would say no. But then the next week, what is the Breen family doing? Well, they're having happy, happy hour on Friday nights. And he said he grew the most of his leaders with the church there on Friday, early evenings, late afternoons, not because he was doing something magical, but because he was consistent in opening a space for other people to join in. He was consistent in opening the space but if you do not have the margin in your life and you add on and add on and add on, that space will become the least important that week, that one week when someone maybe had an opportunity to hang out. And this is an easy thing that I believe that all of us can do. You can go to a coffee shop, a restaurant, a particular spot on the beach, and you could say to friends that you would like to meet or people you would like to get to know more, hey, I go for a walk on the beach every day. Join me. I leave at 8 a.m. sharp. Any of you who have ever been swimming around Flat Island with Deborah Tom, who is our SPRC chair, know that she is impeccably consistent with that swim. I don't think even a hurricane has stopped her from it. Only brown water, like really brown, brown water, will stop her from swimming around Flat Island. And she does this really well. She'll invite you to go swimming with her. You show up at 8.35 and her crew is in the water. And they have gone and left you in the dust. And they are not super slow, although they'll wait for you if you swim with them around Flat Island. I have figured that out. But... Every week, that consistent ability to swim around Flat Island and invite people to join her, 
that are new to the island, looking for community, is an opportunity to bring more people around her table. Because a table, right, it doesn't have to be a physical table. A table can be what gathers you and your community together. And this is, friends, where I believe that our power to embody God's love goes like exponentially higher beyond our walls. Because you all do things that's more interesting. (laughs) You wonder what I did yesterday morning? I was researching the Punic Wars. I'm boring. I like to research about ancient mythology and I do some of those things. I like to do other things too. But like you have other interests, whether it's music or whether it's golf or whether it's horseback riding. I don't know. But those interests have people around them that are also interested in those things that might be lonely and looking for community. And sure, I can find people that are part of my kuleano, like they like what I like, and we can talk about philosophy and all of those sorts of things, or, you know, Star Wars or Mandalorian. I talk about those things too. But you have unique interests, unique gifts. If you create space for people and are regular, you'd be amazed at the power of community and God's presence can show up in those places. If you're open to inviting people in through that consistency. And this shouldn't be too surprising to us because isn't this what God's main characteristic is? Hebrew call it hesed. And that means steadfast love. And every time we gather around this corporate table, we tell a story of God. A story of God, you know, who has to deal with us. (laughs) Turning our backs, complaining about not enough food in the desert, telling God, I'm not enough, I can't lead this. No, I'm not going to go stand before the king. But God remains steadfast. And we call that love grace. That God throughout the ages has offered to us grace and I believe it to be the most powerful way we experience God's love is in hesed, the steadfast, faithful, loving kindness of God that nothing you can say, do, believe, or not will change that love that God has upon your life. And so it shouldn't also be surprising to us that we, as weak, frail people that cannot ever imagine ourselves embodying God's love to others, probably do it in the way that we don't pay attention to the most. Showing up, creating a space with consistency. Truly, I believe that this is one of the ways that the church is able to be the church. To embody God's love. But it's not just in the consistent rhythm of Sunday mornings, friends. But you are called to make disciples of Jesus Christ, to spread the love of God, to be uh, ambassadors of hospitality and of peace. But you need to create the space 
set a pattern and stick to it and invite people into that part of your life. And you will share the love of God in powerful ways, in ways that you'll look back and think nothing of it because it was just your thing that you did. But to the person whose life you'll change because you were the person that welcomed them when they, no one else was doing that. They felt lonely, new on island, and you have been here for 20 years, invited them into your rhythm. Or perhaps vice versa. It doesn't matter. So as we look to extend God's grace to the world around us, I just want to ask, how can you set a rhythm, keep to it and safeguard it and make it holy so that when you invite others into it, they can rely on you? Because we rely on God all the time. Because God is steadfast. Let us do the same in our lives. I invite you to pray with me. Gracious God, from the beginning of creation, you have brought forth life, breathed your ruach, your breath that gives us movement. You've helped us in our times of need as a people that were bound in bondage, exiled, struggled during multiple different oppressors. And throughout the history of the church, with all of our failings, somehow you continue to use us to reveal your love in the world. And help us as individuals as we go beyond into our everyday lives. Be your ambassadors of hope and peace and joy and love through the relationships that we build and through the consistent rhythms that we develop that reveal your steadfast love to our neighbors. Amen.